This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Penn State fans, I know you missed us. Christmas is over. The Peach Bowl is coming soon. Bob Flounders here with Johnny McGonigal. Blue White Breakdown. We're going to do two of these. We finally made it, finally made it to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl. We are taping this, Johnny uh, and and, uh, Penn State fans, early Thursday morning. We're going to discuss some news and notes with you because a lot's happened, I think, since we last chatted. But then uh, later in the week, we're going to do it. We're going to kind of just look specifically, Johnny, at the game, who we like. Uh, and why we like them, because Penn State is going for win number 11, Johnny. And I don't know how much it means to Penn State's program, uh, but I'll start with this. Uh, James has been making a big deal out of the fact that Penn State's the only team with a shot at winning all of the New Year's Six Bowl games in program history. And if they do it, if they do beat Ole Miss on Saturday, they're going to be the only team that did it because the playoff is coming in and it's going to be a different setup. I think that's a carrot he's been dangling to the media. I don't know how much that really means, but Johnny, I don't know the last time I talked to you. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm glad you survived Christmas, but we're going to just discuss some news and notes. Where do you want to start, buddy? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, maybe we start with you the importance of this game with respect to opt-outs and really lack of opt-outs because that's always, it seems, the biggest piece of news that comes from these kind of games and non-college football playoff games. Um, you know, you see in lower level games, non-New Year's Six games, that big stars will opt out of games like a Caleb Williams out of the Holiday Bowl and stuff like that. But <clears throat> it happens with the New Year's Six Bowls too. Uh, and, and it has happened with Penn State. Chop Robinson isn't playing in this game uh, after declaring for the draft. Uh, I don't think Johnny Dixon is down here. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's yeah. pretty sure cornerback Johnny Dixon is in Florida right now training. Uh, so I wouldn't expect him to play in a people. <laughs> Maybe quite a story if he did show up, but I got you. Yeah, if he just showed up, you know, like an hour before kick and said, all right, boys, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, outside of that, though, look, Adisa Isaac, Curtis Jacobs, Theo Johnson, a lot of these guys who have declared for the NFL. Um, Kalen King you know, hasn't formally declared yet, but he's going to be going to the NFL. Yeah. Um, as of this recording at 10.04 a.m. on Thursday. Yeah, you got to word that carefully, the way these things have been happening. Exactly. I fully expect him to announce that he's uh, declaring for the NFL draft while we're recording, Bob. Um, no, but the fact that there are so few opt-outs, given how many guys are going uh, to the NFL, I think is interesting. And having the opportunity to talk to Curtis Jacobs and Adisa Isaac, uh, two of those guys who made those decisions, um, we talked to them this morning. And they said that it was a, a mindset thing for them, for the leaders uh, on this team with the leadership council and the captains and how before the season there was even conversations about finishing the season. And that included playing in whatever bowl game Penn State ended up in, whether it was the college football playoff, obviously everyone would play in that, uh, or a game like the Peach Bowl. So uh, I think that's interesting, Bob, that you know you talk about uh, some of these games, sometimes it's not full rosters, but Penn State has pretty much everyone at its disposal, uh, you know, give or take some, you know, some snap counts and some, you know, a couple of opt outs. Yeah, I would almost go as far as to say as uh, Penn State is like anti Florida State, right? Florida State 
didn't get into the playoff. They're unbeaten. They're not happy about it. I think, Johnny, I think I looked yesterday, and I think 19 players, I think, something like that. And they're going to play they're, they're play Georgia. I'm sure Georgia won't have all its players, too, but it's literally a – it's almost a mass exodus. It's very unfortunate, but it's kind of, you know, it, the, you, that's – you want to give the player all the options he can, all he, all the options he can uh, for his future. Um, it's something that's been a long time coming, but I don't know that anyone expected that kind of. I mean, that that is a huge number of, uh, of players leaving Penn State. To James's credit, you know they they've kept just about everyone, even a guy like Olu Fushanu, right, who uh, is is you know a couple months away uh, from making a lot of money and being a very early pick. With the team, working out with the team, I don't know how much we're going to see him, but I think it means a lot, and it says a lot about the culture that James has built at Penn State that he's been able to kind of, you know, just say, hey, look, man, whatever you want to do, we're going to talk to your parents, we'll talk to the agents. We'd really like with you, we'd really like you to stay with us as long as possible to kind of do it the right way. We can map out a a limited practice schedule. We can do whatever you want. If you don't want to play a lot, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, he he. They are basically intact, right? Other than other than Chop, and other than their their permanent coordinators, defensive and offensive, to start the year. I mean, it's there has been very little turnover. I think it bodes well for the game. I think it bodes well for the effort. Uh, but Johnny, I also feel like even if they, even if some of these guys like Adisa and Olu and you know some other guys, Curtis. Um, even if some of these guys play, say, 20 snaps, 25 snaps, this really the thing that Penn, that stood out to me about Penn State, especially on the defensive side, because they're is their depth. And I just feel like these are some great players, but there are some really good players that are just waiting for an opportunity to show what they can do. And I feel like there's not going to be that big of a drop off in most positions. Yeah, I mean, with Adisa Isaac, when we were talking to him. Uh, and he was asked about a snap count. Uh, Curtis Jacobs didn't really get into it all that much. But uh, Adisa, as he kept talking, said that, you know, I, I, I expect to play a, a lot. Uh, you know, and if, if anything, it, it'll be kind of full go for the first half and then maybe the second half you know, dip a little bit. And I, I think you could see that with other players um, as well. But the fact that he's here and the fact that he wants to play and, and finish this season with this team. And in Adisa's case, a guy who went through a very you know serious injury, missed the entirety of the 2021 season, came back and played really well last season, had a great season this year. You know, a player like that, you see that across college football, guys who have been through those injuries before and just say, you know, I don't want to risk it. Like, I, I just I, I'm done. I'm good. Uh, and I do think it does speak to that culture, like you talked about, Bob, that, you know, it's, it's you know, obviously the coaches have a, a heavy influence of that, but the player-led part of it, too. And James has talked in the past about how the best teams are player-led, and I think that's true. Um, and, and when you have that leadership council and the captains and guys like Adisa and uh, Theo, you know, the voices in the room, the voices in the locker room, uh, they're really strong. And I think that's even something to look ahead to next year. It's like they're going to have to replace uh, that level of leadership. That was a question coming into this season, Bob, was Sean Clifford's gone and, you know, these these guys who have been – yeah, J- you know, Jonathan Sutherland is gone. Jair Brown is gone. Like, you know, who's who's going to step up and replace him? And I think they've had a really good leadership group, um, you know, be able to do that this year. And you talk about Olu Fashanu, he's in there too. And you look at what he stands to make, Bob. 
I mean, the number six overall pick last year, offensive tackle Paris Johnson from Ohio State, signed a four-year deal worth $28 million, including $17.5 million guaranteed. So <clears throat> that's the kind of money that Olu stands to make in April. And the fact that he's not like, all right, I'm going to go just keep, you know, I'm just going to go hang out and, you know, wait for my wait for my checks to cash. Uh, you know, the fact that he's here with this team, I think does say a lot. This is the Blue White Breakdown. It's the Blue White Breakdown. We're talking about news and notes surrounding Penn State as they get ready for Saturday afternoon's Peach Bowl at Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, in Atlanta against Lane Kiffin's Old Miss. Really a good matchup, Old Miss Rebels. I think, you know, it might not be a playoff game, but it's it's not far off because of the way that, how good these teams are. But we're going to just so the fans know, we're going to we're going to do a separate podcast really kind of this digging into the game and what we think and how it's going to play out. But we have a couple things I wanted to get to with you here. Uh, it's not going to be a longer, a longer podcast, but we have some ground to cover. I want to focus on it like a couple things, Johnny. So one thing I know that you wrote about coming out of bowl media day, we're talking about how James and the players have kind of managed the opt out situation. And even if they're going to declare for the draft and they know they are, they're staying with the team. They're going to play in the game, which is a, Huge feather in, in James James's cap uh, and the assistant's cap. But also, one thing I think I wanted to, just in case the, the fans missed it, Penn State's so talented and so young at, with, with young players, like second-year players, Katron Allen, Nicholas Singleton. You've written about it, but in case some Penn State fans didn't see it, they're, they have, you know, they, they are verbal, they have committed to being at Penn State uh, next year. Abdul Carter is a guy, I think, that we're going to be watching. But it's important to note kind of where that Penn State stands with some of the players that, hey, it's not necessarily the NFL draft that fans, we should, we should kind of be a little bit curious about. It's, I mean, in the transfer portal in the NIL age, it's keeping your young players together. And, it, you know, listening to Katron Allen at Bold Media Day, I know that you talked to, to Nick Singleton uh, a number of times. To have those guys, and I be, they sounded very genuine, they, they are anxious to, get, to get, look, get going on the 2024 season as well, but at Penn State. Yeah, Bob, with the, with the portal open and, <clears throat> excuse me, and with it basically being free agency, you kind of have to ask these guys these questions, especially... Uh, you know, in, in the case of Katron and Nick, two guys who are sharing a backfield who, while Nick didn't have the season that I, I think he and, and many expected uh, from him, you know, a, a, you know, this year after his breakout freshman year, still two of the, you know, the higher regarded backs, not only in the Big Ten, but in the country, uh, sharing a backfield. One of them could easily go to another Power Five program, start and get, you know, be that bell cow, be that number one guy. And so after the Michigan State game, asking Nick Singleton about his intentions for the 2024 season at Bowl Media Day, asking Katron uh, if he was definitely coming back, you know, to Penn State in 2024. And he said yes. And and for him, it was like, yeah, I'm I'm in, you know, and, and this is something that's splitting a backfield. I don't mind. You know, those two guys, they're roommates. Uh, they really like each other and and they do feed they feed off each other and that, that's one of those lines that we've heard you know over the last 2 years we've heard it from those two we've heard it from the backup running backs we've heard it from uh Jaywan Fighter the running backs coach uh but both of those guys are firmly in you know for 2024 which is big you know because again 
you know, if you're Catron Allen and you're a, you're a Florida native, you know, one of those big schools could come in with an NIL offer. You know, if you're Nick Singleton, you're frustrated with how this season went potentially. You know, another school could come in that that was really interested in you in the recruiting process and throw a bag at you. You know, throw a collective, of course, Bob, uh, and and try to you know try to you know pry you away from Happy Valley. But uh, the fact that those two guys are in the fold next year is obviously big for their 2024 prospects and in a year with a 12 team playoff with um you know an expanded and divisionless big 10 uh without michigan on the schedule you know it, it's good it's good stuff for those two guys and for penn state going forward yeah and obviously they they could still change their mind but they don't strike me uh johnny as the kind of kids that would say something and then about face it i think i think the nil i think that they're comfortable uh, with their development at Penn State, I think they're comfortable with, co- like, with especially those two with Jaywan Sider and James Franklin, the new OC, um, what they have coming back, the offensive line, the quarterback. I think they're really comfortable here, and I believe them. We'll see about some other players, but just a couple things to get to real quick before we uh, we wrap this Blue Wake Breakdown podcast up. Um, when you look at Johnny, some of the players who have maybe. Um, made the biggest strides this season. I, I wanted to ask you about two and one for a very specific reason. Obviously a guy like Denai Dennis Sutton, the second year defensive end made some huge strides. And with, you know, Adisa and chop moving on, he is a guy that absolutely, if he's healthy, another year in the, in this, in the off season uh, program is should have a, just a monster uh, third year, but more to the point, one guy that we haven't talked about, I was a little surprised that Tyler Warren, after the kind of the product productivity that he had, a member of the 2020 class. So he's been here for he's been here 20, 20, 20, 21, 22. This is 23. He is going to come back. And that real that actually surprised me. I don't know if it surprised you. He talked a little bit about it. So did James earlier in the week. But I think he th- those two guys, I know there's other guys that have made big strides, but those two I thought really, really came along. This year, Tyler had, I think, seven touchdown catches, great in the red zone. I thought he showed up in the run game as a blocker. Just your reaction to him coming back and what you think it means. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Warren, you mentioned the seven touchdowns. I think only two tight ends in the FBS had more uh, than than Tyler did, and each of those guys had eight. So he's pretty close to the top in terms of touchdown productivity at the position. Uh, You mentioned his ability in the red zone. There were a couple of times this year where – you know, Drew just kind of fitted into a tight window, but Tyler had one or even two guys kind of on his back and, and just kind of, you know, just strong handed it and, and brought it in. Uh, and I really think that he put together a really good, you know, year of film uh, that NFL scouts uh, would have loved if he decided to declare. Um, but <clears throat> I also understand the, uh, you know, the reasoning behind coming back and, and he's going to be, I mean, Arguably the most reliable pass catcher going into 2024, you know, depending on what DeAndre Lambert Smith decides to do, d- depending on who they might get from the transfer portal. I mean, th- there are you know some talented guys at tight end that would have been ready to step up. You know, I, I look at Khalil Dinkins, you know, and what he's done in a number three role this year. <clears throat> Excuse me, Andrew Rappelia, the uh, true freshman this year who redshirted, but they're really high on him in the Lash Building. I think he's going to have a great career at Penn State. But to have Tyler back, and you could tell the rapport that he built with Drew Aller as the season went along. It wasn't just in the red zone. It was on third and fourth down when when Penn State needed to move the chains. And and Tyler was a guy that Drew looked at a lot. 
Um, you know, I, I think he's going to get even more of those looks uh, next year. And then the other guy you mentioned is, you know, Deny Dennis Sutton. I'll be writing about him after the Peach Bowl and what I expect to probably be a pretty big Peach Bowl for him without Chop um, you know, starting. And if Adis is on a snap count, you know, Deny is going to see a lot of reps. And he's a guy that has really flashed and has obviously played more this year than he did last year as a true freshman. But he's a former five-star talent, and he's every bit of it. He, you know, he looks it, he plays it. Um, you know, Adisa Isaac talking to him today uh, thinks he has a really, really bright future, and that really that starts in the Peach Bowl in, in a sense, right? He's going to start, uh, and then he'll be. He'll, I think he'll be the guy off the edge next year, Bob. They have some depth there, and Amin Vanover, Zariah Fisher, Jamel Lyons, true freshman. But Denai, I think, has a real chance to be like a first-team All Big Ten kind of player next year for this team. Yeah, and real quick, just for perspective, you look at a guy like Adisa Isaac, like it's part of it was due to the injury in 20, 2021. But, you know, he was a guy that played in 20, 2019, that he played during the COVID year, the abbreviated COVID year. But <clears throat> he, I mean, the opportunity maybe was not there because they had some good defensive ends in front of him. But I mean, Denai had some good defensive ends in front of him in his second year. And look how far uh, he advanced in his second year. I just think. As the experience continues to kind of build for him physically, when you look at he does not look like a second year sophomore, right? He looks like a guy that has been at Penn State for about four years. I don't think he's done growing. I don't think he's done getting stronger. I think, you know, he he could actually grow into a hybrid defensive lineman that could probably impact the game inside and outside. I think I don't want to say he's just getting started because that's not accurate, but Clearly, the untapped uh, ability that he has, I mean, once once he completely figures it out, like, and it might just be next year, um, but he, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen many Penn State defensive ends in my 20-plus years covering the team with his ability, and I, I got to see Tom Bahali up close. I got to see, you know, uh, some really, really talented players. You know, Jared Odrick was a defensive end, defensive tackle. They've had a lot of really, really good guys. I mean, Jason Owe was a, a first-round pick, and I mean, I, I mean, athletically, I think that the deny is right there. Very excited about him. I was going to get to something else on this podcast, but we're running a little long, and I'm just going to fold that into our our prediction analysis piece because I, I don't want to I don't want to just give it a, a lip service and talk about it for like 30 seconds but I think that's we covered all the bases Johnny as far as maybe news of the week what we're hearing about Penn State the future the opt-outs how they're handling it I think that's the pro probably the big storyline so let's wrap it there guys we're not done talking about Penn State uh, on the blue white breakdown podcast Johnny and I are going to have a just a look at the game how we think it's going to play out couple of other things but thanks for staying with us we're down here in atlanta with our guy joe hermit david jones allegedly is going to make a trip if, if, if his, his flight from philadelphia arrives uh we'll be hearing from dave and i'll be talking after the game but that's it for this edition of the blue white breakdown johnny and i will have a second one coming up uh, a little bit later maybe for friday because we're running out of time this has been the blue white breakdown brought to you by pen live